Welcome to the Working Dog Podcast. I'm your host, Allison Erskine. Come along while I interview the top handlers and clinicians around the world while hearing their stories of both failure and triumph and get their view on what it takes to have a good working dog. Hey everyone and welcome back to the Working Dog Podcast. I'm Allison Erskine and with my co-host Laura Culligan and today we're here with Jack Gear, talking to him about some dogs. So Jack, do you want to start off by telling us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up? Well, I grew up on a hog farm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, growing up, I had an uncle that was really into horses and he kept all his uh, nephews in horses when we were growing up, so I always had a horse at home and uh, had the odd dog around but never really did much with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I left home, did a little traveling and I think landed my first ranch job when I was 19 or 20. And uh, it was just like I found where I belonged. Mm. And high school, I hated high school. I was youngest in the class and short to boot, so sports was out, I yeah. could never compete, and so, um, yeah, I've always loved the outdoors and, and exploring, and... What kind of place was that that you started on? Uh, on the McIntyre Ranch. Oh, oh down south, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it was a uh, hundred sections of land in one block. And you had and no experience? Uh, well, just, uh, you know, rode horse yeah. growing up, but not... Yeah, I was greener than grass, and it was just neat that they hired me. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, my older brother went to work there a year before I did, yeah. and so that kind of helped me get mm-hmm. right into it. How many years were you there? I was there for five years. Oh, wow. Yeah. How was that learning curve? Oh, huge, but some yes. good hands there, and, and I'm, I'm really thankful. I, I do have a natural stock sense, mm-hmm. and... Uh, it's something you either have or you don't. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And and so I'm I'm gifted that way, and yeah. I'm very appreciative of that. Yeah. But yeah, I was just like I found where I belonged, and I just loved it. Yeah. Um, could you comment on like those people that mentored you through that phase, and what uh, maybe propelled that learning curve forward faster, or is it just you know kind of being in it and doing it, and you know. Kind of making your mistakes and going yeah, with it. being in it and watching them and try and emulate what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then as I went along, I went to as many clinics as I could as far as horsemanship goes. Yeah. And uh, who was your top clinician that you went to, kind of in your eyes? Oh, I guess I didn't take a Martin Black clinic. But I, I had my son take it, and so this is years later when I, I thought I knew what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> but you never know it all. If you think you know it all, you better quit. Yeah. <laughs> you're in for a wreck. <laughs> but I was probably the most impressed with uh, his way of doing things. Is mm-hmm. is what I could relate to. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of same mentality. And Have you been able to transfer certain horse skills back to dogs? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I. I took my first uh, dog clinic, would have been in 1982, I believe. I, I was just married, 
and and I had a dog that I could send out and bite a cow and she'd come back to me and that's the that only good. dogs that I've seen work. That's all you need, yeah. yeah. that's all you need. So that was your introduction to dogs or how I guess you Yeah, take so I was actually at uh, the Canadian Finals Rodeo uh -huh. just to watch in the early years and uh, was in Vic Bennett's shop. I got to know Vic some. I spent a couple winters starting colts for Dave Batty, cutting horses. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I got to know Vic. And so I was in his shop visiting, and there was a poster about this dog clinic happening. And that kind of intrigued me. I thought, boy, this might be interesting. Yeah. Eh? So I checked into a bit, and I registered for it. It was held at Leduc. And, uh, and I actually told Alvin Kopp about this. And so we went to the first clinic together. Who was putting the who was teaching it? It was Jack Knox. Jack, Jack Knox, of yeah. course. He yeah. comes up there every time. Yeah. So I mean the man totally changed my life. Yeah. 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 So the first thing I realized is that I need to get a decent dog. Mm. And uh yeah, watching his dog work I thought I gotta do this. This yep. is really, this is really cool. Mm. <laughs> so from the Jack Knox clinic, you went and got yourself a dog? Or yep. that was that first dog? Yeah, then okay. I so after that clinic, I I, uh, I think the pups were maybe even born in already. Richard Tipton had a mm. litter of pups, and he's kind of was one of the first guys that really got into dogs to that degree mm. in Alberta that that I know of. Okay. And so Richard was at this clinic, but mm. Richard already kind of knew what. Yeah. He he might have been probably instrumental in bringing Jack up here. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I got this pup, and. Uh, probably totally messed them up but, wow. <laughs> but I was so keen so keen to to go I just couldn't wait eh? yeah. and then I think it might have been the next year I brought Jack up to Claire's home mm -hmm. for a clinic and then that just really yeah. catapulted me to just keep going do you go straight to using those dogs or were you just kind of working on training um, training and then yeah I went to using them yeah yeah when and that first dog I, I had, it wasn't a great cow dog. He didn't have enough power. Yeah. But I could still get a lot of work done with him. Yeah. Just he was really easy to handle, and uh, so that was that was my starting point. Mm. Nice. And then about that time, I uh, I started a few colts for Ian Tyson. Oh yeah. Yeah. And one colt I was brought him back to Ian. Yeah. Drove into the yard, and uh, first thing Ian said to me, he didn't even say hi. He, he had a dog there, and he says, yep. "Jack, he says, throw that dog in your trailer because I'm shooting him in the morning." What? <laughs> <laughs> what had happened that day? Ian was frustrated with him because he'd bring in his cutting cattle, and the mm -hmm. dog would be in the gate, and couldn't control. And the dog was just doing what was natural to him, mm -hmm. and he was actually an imported dog. Eh? Okay. And. Uh, so that day Ian had put a long line on this dog to control him. So he gets on his horse and first thing the dog ran around behind his horse and the <laughs> line got under his tail and bucked him off. Oh, <laughs> not that, popular that dog. Yeah. So that was the last straw. So he called this dog uh, Desperado or mm -hmm. Desbo. Mm -hmm. And so I took him home and this dog was so ready, I think he was two years old. but incredible dog and he just was so ready to go away eh? that was your that first dog, good one yeah and that dog taught me so much mm. oh. yeah cool did you change his name 
No, I kept calling him Desbo. Desbo, yeah. okay. Yeah. Did you end up trialing him, or when did I you did. start I did, I did show him some, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 What kind of trials were rolling around that time? Well, <laughs> um, well, Richard Tipton put on a trial every year mm -hmm. up at, uh, get the name of the town, where is that? Lone Pine? He's up north of Barhead, anyways, yeah. yeah. It was a really neat trial, a neat field, and there'd always be a few Americans come up to it. Mm -hmm. Nice. And uh, in those early days, I put on a trial mm -hmm. at the Waldron, mm -hmm. and Alvin had a trial. Um, Granham, uh, Mark Daly. Oh, yeah. Always put on a trial. Mm -hmm. And all open field a, sheep. Yeah, open yeah. field yeah. sheep, yeah. Okay. And so my, my trial that I put on, I had a cattle deal the night before the, the main trial. We, I don't know, put 15, 20 head of yearlings in about a five acre field. Yeah. And you had to cut three out and then take them through a course. Mm -hmm. And so it was horseback. Yeah. So back up a second. When you did a uh, clinic at the Waldron, you said? A trial. Oh, you had a trial? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, you had a trial to yeah. but, but I had Jack Knox come to Claire's home. Oh, and do a clinic and there. do a clinic mm -hmm. there, yeah. Actually, I had him up a couple of times. Oh, okay. Yeah. So did you, uh, how did you find that transition from, you know, learning to train, working your dogs, and then going to the trials? Um, I guess they kind of fit together. One problem I had quite a bit is... Because I use my dogs on cattle, and so sometimes it could get a little rough with mm -hmm. sheep. So before I'd go to a trial, I'd pull them off a of cattle for a few days and just work sheep and yeah, quiet them back down yeah. again. Yeah. yeah. Did you change the way you worked them when you were preparing for a trial? Um. Yeah. When I when I worked them on the ranch, I let them think a lot and do a lot on their own, and. And my whole training philosophy is I want to develop that instinct and get them thinking and then put commands to them, not I don't want a robot out there. Mm -hmm. If I give them a command, they have to take it, but they have to be able to think. Yeah. And and sometimes on the trial field that hurt me yeah. because the dogs <laughs> yeah. would sometimes take over. Yeah. Well. But but the work at home is, is what I wanted to do and trialing was just it was yeah, enjoyable. Saturday fun. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Do you see a little bit, um, you know, people kind of getting more heavy on the mechanics of training the dog to get those directions rather than, you know, just kind of letting them think and move stock and, uh, like, maybe it partially because of the trial influence that they're yeah. shooting for that more mechanical right. dog? Yeah. Do you see that more prevalent now than before, or do you I, know? I think that? so. Yeah, I think so. Like back when I started, most of the people that were trialing um, were using their dogs every day, yeah. and that was more important than showing. Yeah. Whereas I think it's gotten to be more of a hobby, and it's the show that they're training for. It's not for the everyday work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whereas for me, it was the everyday work, and then showing them was a bonus. We just yeah, yeah. get to fine tune them a little bit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, tell us about your uh, your best dog you had. Well, the best dog I had was a dog named Tweed, and uh, I got him from Stormy Winters. Mm -hmm. 
and yeah, he was just special. What was he bred? Well, his parents were imported. At that time, Stormy Winters was working for Harry Hobbs. He had a cotton barn at Okotoks. And Harry imported a male and a female. And then that tweed was in that first litter of pups. And so he was the last pick of the litter. Every other dog was sold. And so I think Harry just pretty much gave the dog to Stormy. And uh, that dog would just follow Stormy everywhere, eh? Like they were just buddy-buddy. Mm. And uh, <coughs> I first saw this dog, I was trying to think if I saw him at Stormy's initially, or there, w- there was a clinic with, might have been Ray Olerenshaw, up at Richard Tipton's trial. There was a clinic first and then the trial. And uh, Stormy was up there with Tweed. And Tweed was just a little over a year old and knew nothing, eh? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, just fabulous, eh? And Olerenshaw wanted to buy this dog. Like, he really liked it. So, um, yeah, and at the same time that Dale Montgomery was there with Huck. Oh. They were kind of the same age. Yeah. 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 Neat. And so then, <coughs> I bred a female to Tweed because I could see the potential in this dog, eh? And then not long after that, Stormy had to move into the into the city because I think uh, Harry sold his outfit. Okay. So he had this dog in the city and wasn't getting him worked and he was feeling bad. So he pulled me up one day and he said, Jack, I, I know you really like this dog and I'm not doing justice to him. Um, would you be interested in buying them? I'd like to give you first chance because I know you like them. That's good of him. So I says, yeah, I'll take them. And he was asking $2,500 for them. And he was greener than grass. And mm-hmm. I mean, in today's dollars, I have no idea what that would oh, be. Oh, I mean, yeah. yeah. But figured that I got to do this. So I said, I'll take them. So then there was a clinic at uh, Turner Valley can't think of the people's names now. He was a, the father was a horse trainer and the son was a bareback rider. Dunham's. Okay. Yeah. So that's Stevie Dunham's dad's place. And so I arranged to meet uh, Stormy there to pick up Tweed, eh? Mm-hmm. I think Richard Tipton was putting the clinic on. So I get there and uh, I see Stormy and I knew we made eye contact. And then he was just avoiding me like the plague, eh? Oh, no. And I thought, okay, something's up here, eh? So I finally got him cornered and he says, ah, can't sell him, Jack. I said, that's fine. He's your dog. Yeah. So then a couple weeks later, phoned me up. Yeah, got to do it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> then I met him in Claire's home and got the dog. And yeah. I felt really felt sorry for Stormy. Cause yeah. It, it was just heartbreaking for him. Eh? Yeah, I bet. But that dog was just exceptional. Yeah. yeah. Is that where most of your dog's lineage comes from now? It goes well, back to that I, dog? I or? let it slip away. Yeah. Yeah. Got busy doing other stuff, and, and uh, I should have kept more of those lines going. Because mm-hmm. he did throw a lot of really good pups. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a shame. Mm-hmm. But he himself, he just he had so much style. He was a really, really strong-eyed dog. Mm-hmm. But he had the power to back it. Right. And when he walked up to a cow... He wouldn't hesitate. He'd just keep coming, mm-hmm. and he would very seldom have to bite. But if he did, mm-hmm. they knew it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, you trialed them quite a bit. I did. Yeah. Yeah, and I'd get in trouble trialing them some. Yeah, yeah. Things weren't going right, and then he, he could get mad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't but fault him for that. No, though, right? but I'd rather that than, yeah. uh, oh, for sure. than be weak. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He, yeah. So much natural ability and thinking all the time. Eh? Yeah. And a look back on him was second to none. Oh, right on. He'd be bringing sheep and just a whistle and bang, he's gone. Eh? Yeah. Hmm. yeah. When did you start judging trials? Um, fairly early on. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I did quite a few clinics in those early years. Oh, yeah. I didn't promote myself at all. People who just ask mm -hmm. if I do it. You know? Right. So yeah. I enjoyed doing that. I yeah. liked helping people and These and working the different dogs. Yeah. Yeah, seeing them all thing. You learn so much more, too, right? Working oh, you do. I learn way more than people <laughs> do just working the different yeah. dogs and, and how they respond to different people. And yeah. yeah. It's really interesting. Were those a lot of cowboys coming to take clinics yeah. or trial people? Yeah. Or, yeah. 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 So I did a few clinics with the Douglas Lake crew. Mm hmm And, uh, yeah, various places like that. So yeah. 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 So when you were doing clinics out there, what was your main um, concern or your concentration point with those, like, I guess, more cowboy type? Yeah, just get the basics on your dog yeah. and and uh, bring out the natural ability. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I always, like, find some guys, like, they just struggle to understand the potential of that dog and what they can be used for mm -hmm. and I think that there's a lot lost there um, you know when people just just don't don't know how to use them and yeah. like do, how how do you square that when you're working with these people do you kind of help uh, you know show them how to use them in working situations or are you just trying to get your basics and work a pup or most of them were kind of basic pretty basic yeah and yeah um, It'd be nice to do them with people that are further along yeah. and, and do some horseback stuff. Eh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause, and I, I really like to think of you and your dog as a team. Yeah. And I, from the uh, horseback deals I've watched so far, it's they're not using their horse at all. They think they're just showing well, their dog. Yeah. 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 Their, their feet are stuck. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, to me, I'm helping the dog, the dog's helping me. Yeah. We, uh, it's a team event, eh? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't think you can underestimate how much your dog's uh, trying to read what you're trying to accomplish That's out right. there. And yeah. they catch on to that. Yeah. And then you, you have a better run because of it. Yeah. They, they want to work with you. They do. Yeah. 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 And when you're sorting, I do quite a bit of sorting using the dog. Mm -hmm. And they soon learn what, what you're wanting yeah. to do. Yeah. And you get one cut out and then they'll come in and help you. Mm -hmm. and yeah. Right at first, they just want to bring the animal back to yeah. the herd, and yeah. and but they soon figure out what's yeah. what's happening. Yeah, I know sorting's the funnest. I think. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's good. I enjoy roping, but I I like cutting one a lot more <laughs> than doing it with the dog. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. When Nobody else around. You're just uh, nothing yeah. like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's yeah. when all the good stuff happens is when no one else is around. Well, that's it. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's just the. Uh, yeah, the pleasure of it, eh? Yeah. yeah. I think there's nothing more satisfying no. than having your dog, like, work with you as, in a team like that. Yeah. And you're having, have your horse work nice, too. That helps. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> a good horse and a good dog, there's nothing oh. you can't do. 
We should circle back to uh, the beginning when we were talking about uh, the similarities between uh, working a dog and a horse and, you know, training the two and how you kind of relate those two philosophies. Right. Well, it's same with kids. Mm -hmm. It's the same philosophy. You make the wrong things difficult and the right things easy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, so when I'm training a young dog, um, lots of times I'll do sessions and I won't say a single word to the dog. Right. If everything's good, just keep working and, and let them think and, and balance off of me and yeah. correct them when they're wrong. But yeah. um, I like to say as little as possible to start with. Mm -hmm. And what I find, a lot of people, they'll, they'll get excited because yep. the dog's messing up. Yep. And you get excited, the dog gets excited, and it just gets worse. <laughs> so... Um, like your your body language and you're communicating to a dog as opposed to uh, on a horse. Like I found the dogs tougher to learn to train because you're you're more detached from. Like mm -hmm. I can feel that horse underneath yeah. me. So like with dog, you know it's it's different. So how like I mean it's about feel, but you're manipulating a different instinct too. You are. Yeah. yeah. So can you kind of speak to just communicating that body language to achieve? I guess, I don't know, we'll call it shape of what that dog's doing and mannerisms that you're going for. Yeah, well, it's the same with a horse. You want that horse to give to you. Yeah. And when they give to you, you give you give back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's the same with the dog. You, you, you pressure them to get the position you want and then give them a chance to be right. Yeah. If you force that dog to be right, you're not teaching them anything. Yeah. Because if you're forcing them, like to stay out, for instance, and you keep pushing, 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 the moment you release that pressure, they're yep. in. Whereas I like to see a dog, if I pressure them to give me even just a little bit, then I'll, I'll back away and take that pressure away. Yeah. And with a horse, it's the same way. You, you ask something, and if they give it to you, yep. Yep. they're free. They're it's so easy to get micromanaging them. Yeah. And, you know, just like... I see people so much, like, you know, babysitting a horse's face. Mm -hmm. They think they're collected because they got their, you know, no. dropped and they're in their hands. Well, it's fake. Yeah. You know, same with them dogs that people are, got really mechanical. You can send them anywhere, but they don't really know what to do once they yeah. get there. Or, or they can't because they mm -hmm. don't have that confidence built up. They don't know how to be responsible and do it themselves. And That's right. They're just holes. There's plenty of holes in them. Yeah. yeah. At that point, you fall apart pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you can get away with stuff, but then when uh, things get a little exciting, you're done. Yep. And a lot, that's the same with a lot of people with horses. Yeah. Oh, man, they look really nice at a walk and a trot, and then you got to do something. And a little speed. <laughs> the wheels fall off. That's yeah. right. Yeah. 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 yeah, and so if a dog hasn't had a chance to think on his own, mm -hmm. um, then they're lost. If uh, I want to be able to send a dog over the hill, and I know he's bringing whatever's there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, nobody wants to work for a tyrant either, you know. Yeah. Like, and, well, that's right. And they yeah. don't, uh, yeah, if you're a tyrant, they don't get to think by themselves. So mm -hmm. Not as enjoyable. I so. find, though, that nowadays there's a few that are bred like that, kind of like we're talking about this morning, like the reigning horses. They're kind of bred to be dumb, you mm -hmm. know, and very mechanical. And yeah. they enjoy it almost. They enjoy being a slave a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I think it goes back to what you're looking for in a dog. Yeah. And what you're getting out of it and stuff like that. But I think some lines really do enjoy 
that mm-hmm. slavery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think the show ring ruins breeds. Oh, oh you gosh. got that right. You know, whether yeah. it's horses, dogs, cattle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Y- you breed for what works in the show ring, yeah. and that's not necessarily Changes what things. works in the real world. Yeah. 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 It's true. What's something that's a necessity for you to have in a dog in order to buy it? If you were buying like an like a year or two year old dog and you know you saw someone work it or something and you really like something, what, what would that be? A must have. I like style. Mm. Yeah. I like a dog to have some style. Yeah. And uh, not too strong an eye, but but they gotta have some eye. I don't get along with loose eyed dogs that are kind of all over the place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and confidence, yeah. Right. I like a dog that'll come on, not fly in, mm-hmm. just come on nice and steady. Yeah. Them, uh, you just said that them loose side dogs. Do you find when you know you get in the head of that loose side dog, they kind of quit on you a little bit, and they might wander off, or they might not stick in there when it gets tough. But them strong eyed dogs, they're so addicted to it. That's right. They're that you can put so much pressure on them. Yeah before you really blow them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. When you're, uh, you, you judge a lot now, um, what are you looking for when uh, a dog and handler come into the, come into the ring? Like same, it's, I guess it's similar what you're looking for in the dog, say, when you're, yeah. you know, just overall confidence and, um, uh, and smooth smooth yeah that's quiet as possible yeah yeah when you uh when you're judging you strictly judge the dog or you're judging the person as well well no you, you strictly judge the dog when you're yeah. judging the competition well, that's hard to do but yeah it is yeah it's meant to be non-biased <laughs> well, yeah. maybe that guy's an asshole yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know somebody that's constantly whistling whistling and loud and, mm-hmm. and stuff you'll tend to Knock them down. You knock them down okay. a little bit. Oh, yeah. so it does kind of fall it, on the it person. It does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that would sure. fall on the person because yeah. the person that does everything well and quiet and yeah. smooth, they have to be ahead of those. That it's nice to watch too. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's not enjoyable to sit there and listen to someone scream or yell yeah. or stomp their feet. I right? am yeah. sorry, Allison, that she doesn't listen. Thought <laughs> 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 if I just snuck that in there, you get the hint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if if you've been consistent in your training, yeah, you shouldn't have to yell a whole bunch because That's right. um, if you've uh, instilled in the dog that when I give a command, you have to take it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a lot of people that uh, get nervous trialing. Mm-hmm. What's some of your advice for that going into whether it's your first trial or your fifteenth? But I find quite a few quite a few people are nervous. Yeah. And any time a person's showing or mm-hmm. doing some public thing, most people do get a little bit of nervous. And nerves are good to a certain extent, but yeah. you get too nervous, then you can't think straight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, when I was showing, I would get nervous, and I've, I've shown horses. I've had some futurity horses and things in the past. And when I get nervous, I slow down. And with dogs, that helped me. Yeah. With horses, it was detrimental because I wouldn't be aggressive enough. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 But showing a dog most of the time, um, 
you need to slow things down. Mm. So that was, it helped me there. When was your biggest aha moment, like a light bulb in training dogs? Like, what was your biggest light bulb moment? You thought, you know what, I think this works, so this really doesn't work, maybe. Yeah. I don't know, when I got that Desbo dog, mm. everything just clicked with him. Yeah. Yeah. And that was kind of a moment where I thought, yeah, I can, yeah, I can do this. I have the, yeah. Well, it made sense. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand this. Yeah. 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 It's key. And w <coughs> one thing I've learned o over time is you never want to get hooked on following a certain method. Like, you know, you're taking clinics from one trainer and that's just who you're following, who you're following. Right. You have to develop your own because what works for somebody else might not totally work for you. Yeah. Got to put that time in yourself. Yeah, you got to put that time in yourself yeah. and experiment. And, and if things aren't working right, just stop and think, like, what could I be doing different here? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's solid advice right there. Think yeah. in the perspective of the dog too, right? Same goes for horse trainers. Maybe you see it from their point of view and how maybe you're not coming through to them. Yeah, and every dog's different. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you take them at different stages, but big thing is to have a foundation that you can always go back on if things fall apart. Right, right. Yeah. So talk about your foundation. What's the, what's the basis of it? Well, just the, the natural instinct yeah. of balancing off of you yeah. and, and reading stock and uh, I guess in, 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 in my foundation on a dog, I never want to use down as a, as a control. I want it to be part of the work. Down isn't getting out of a wreck. Mm. I mean, there's times where, yeah, that, that happens, but yeah. in training, I'd rather have that dog figure that out himself. Right. And then once he realizes kind of where he needs to be and, and what's comfortable, then. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, you see a lot of dogs, I don't know if you see a lot of dogs, but you do see some dogs when they're asked to lie down, they'll just kind of turn away a little bit. Mm -hmm. So you know that this hasn't been a really good experience. Mm. Well, you won't see that in my dog. She won't lie down for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I prefer a dog to stay on their feet, but yeah. I like them stopped. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you just give a stand command then? or? I do. Anymore, I've gotten lazy. I, I, I use a lie down, but they yeah. stay standing. Yeah. And yeah. if I give it a couple times and I want them to stay put for a while, then I'll have them lie down. Yeah. But when you're starting the pup, though, do you make them lie down just to... Like and then they kind of learn to stay on their feet as they progress, or. Uh, yeah, I I I should be more adamant about the lie down. Mm -hmm. But if they're stopped, I'm. Just fine. I'm happy at any stage. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, what do you got? Uh, what do you got on the go for dogs right now? Well, I've got five dogs at home right now, and the one I'm using, I don't even own. <laughs> <laughs> he belongs to my son-in-law okay and he's a real handful oh really he's not really my type of dog yeah but i can get a lot done with him oh yeah and for my son-in-law to take him now he's never worked dogs before yeah he, he, he's too much dog and he yeah. he's getting closer to where he might be ready mm -hmm. but he'd get frustrated and get soured on it so. oh yeah 
and then uh, have an older dog that I liked some aspects of him but he had some issues and I could never work my way through them yeah. and uh, so I don't use him a whole bunch and then I've got a, a puppy comes out of Peter gone it's Bob mm -hmm. and he's year and a half old now I guess and I'm really liking him. Yeah. Who's the bitch? Is it one of yours? Or? No. Um, I don't even know her breeding offhand. Mm. That's right. Terrible with names, but yeah. um, I forget the guy that owns the mother, mm -hmm. but I was judging a cattle deal close to Weyburn, and this mm -hmm. dog showed up. Okay. And uh, man, I liked her. Mm -hmm. And after the deal, I says, if, if you ever <coughs> breed her to Peter Gone, it's Bob. Yeah. I'd sure be interested in a pup, and he says, "Well, that's what I'm planning on doing." Oh, there you go. So yeah, that's neat. Yeah, and, and he's really cool, stylish. Yeah, pretty easy to work, and I haven't had him on cattle yet. And mm -hmm. So I started him last winter, mm -hmm. and now through the summer, I just too much going on. I just yeah. can't do justice to him. Eh? Right. But um, he looks really good. Yeah. Yeah, and I think he's going to have some power mm -hmm. behind yeah. him. Right on. And I got two. Two dogs are about two years older. A catch litter. I'm embarrassed to say that, but yeah. it happened. Like everybody's had some yeah. of those. Oh, yeah. 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 And uh, so they're they're looking pretty good. All oh, right, on. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, do you have any like if you're just to give some advice to some maybe greener handlers out there, it's just some good overarching advice? What would you What would you tell them? Consistent training, yeah. yeah. Not long sessions, just mm, yeah. five minutes, ten minutes, even a couple times a day if mm. that's what you want to do. Yeah. But keep it as simple as possible and not try and teach everything at once. Yeah. You know, go in steps and and don't use many commands till your dog's kind of working right, and then you can just put commands to what they're doing, and you're not having to correct other stuff. Yeah. And I like I like square flanks. To me, square flanks are very important. Yeah. Shows softness, eh? Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, reading they're reading the stock. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I like to be able to speed a dog up or slow him down. And um, I don't see that many dogs that people can just inch over. Right. And just. Uh, like a half flank kind of a deal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just take a couple steps, or even just turn their head. Yeah. And uh, I know uh, the first dog I had, um, he would be bringing stock, and he would sometimes just lean over a little bit to tuck him on line. So and his that dog's father did that same thing. Oh, eh? is that right? And that's that's really cool. So yeah. that was something that was bred into them. Yeah. But um, did you, you all of a sudden put a command to that and then picked it up with other dogs too? Or? Well, yeah, yeah, just I like to, you know, if a dog's close at hand, especially just really quiet in your commands. And if mm -hmm. I want them, to, want them to just move over a little bit, I'll just come, come. Yeah. And just Softly. gentle. And whereas if you want speed, you get some excitement in your voice yeah. and, mm -hmm. and get them going. But mm -hmm. I think it's really important to have those small moves. Yeah. Especially when you're at the pen, mm -hmm. you know, if your dog's flanking wildly, you're not gaining any ground. Yep. Yeah. And, and be able to push your dog out if he's too tight. Mm -hmm. 
right. to give that space. I don't want the dog just turning tail and running out, but just to yeah. float out a little bit. Yeah, just know they got to take some little pressure yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's so useful. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any clinics coming up planned? I don't. Yeah. I don't. I've done the odd one locally, yeah. but. Would um, you be willing if someone reached out to? Put yeah. On? yeah. Yeah, I probably would. Yeah. yeah. I enjoy doing clinics. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But. Uh, you just come down the road, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want any planned letters or anything like that? You. Um. Not right now. No. Yeah. I've got all male dogs, and I, uh, I don't know if I'll ever. Um, some point might start raising dogs again but yeah. is that something that you usually do is keep just males or just females or you just whatever comes and goes yeah whatever comes and goes it's just handier to have all males if, yeah. if you're not raising pups and you prefer males simpler. I don't know I've yeah. had more males than, yeah. than females but I've had some really good females so yeah. do you think there's a main difference between the two not really yeah. they're good they're good they're yeah. good yeah. exactly yeah and as far as picking a pup out of a litter. How do you go about that? <laughs> pick something you like. Uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, how do you know? They change so much when oh, they, they get do. in a different environment. Yeah. 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 And sometimes the run to the litter can turn out to be the strongest. Exactly. Oh, yeah. 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 I've picked like the strongest one out of the litter and end up being not much at all. Wimp. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The last couple of litters that I followed like it was the bigger ones are more dominant because they're bigger mm -hmm. and then you know you get them in a different setting and those are the small one that they think is weak you know yeah. ends up being a terror yeah so i don't know how you know i had a little female years ago i trialed uh, them at the same time i had a wee little female and then a, a bigger dog and uh, the bigger dog at the trials would show better mm -hmm. but at home I had Jill and June, and Jill was a smaller one, and uh, she would work circles around. Is that right? <laughs> just had so much more power. Eh? More power, less yeah. weight to carry around. Yeah. Or, yeah. Right. Yeah. Do you have problems with dogs getting hot? Yeah. Working all day. Yeah. Where Especially in our country, waters few and far between. Oh, you pack it with you. Well, I should. It was real hot. I won't take them yep. if I know it's going to be an issue. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do? Um, if you if you know that one's been overheat and you have no water around, like do you pack something like electrolytes or something for them, or you just get their, you know, their belly wet if you can. Yeah, yeah, they just pack them on your horse, get them to water as quick as you can. Yeah, yeah for sure. And well, once a dog's overheated once, they'll overheat again. Easy, yeah. easy, yeah. So you've overheated a dog, yeah, and you find a drastic difference right away, or does it take a little bit generally? Um, how they work after that. It's happens right away. So yeah. You got to be more careful. Yeah. yeah, that tweed dog. I overheated him once. Oh, I was doing a demonstration at uh, Heritage Ranch at Cochrane. Oh yeah, and they wanted me to go in the parade with the sheep they supplied with me. I thought, well, yeah, it's okay. But it was a hot day, and those sheep were just nuts. Eh? Oh They'd no! They try and run down every street, and uh, he did a great job of keeping them. But mm -hmm. all of a sudden. It was a hot day and on pavement, mm. and I could His tell. Pads are probably hot. I yeah. could tell he was getting hot, so yeah. I grabbed him when there was a police car right close by, and I went over to him. I says, "Hey, you got to take me to water with this dog." Right. So we did, and got him cooled off right away, and he worked good. Yeah. You know, once he got cooled off, mm -hmm. but yeah. after that, he would overheat 
easier. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When you were saying before that you raised a couple litters of pups, and so when you're raising your own dogs, is there something you do or maybe don't do that's different to other people? How have you seen? Well, I guess my philosophy is when you're, when you're raising anything is you want to breed like to like. Yes. So the qualities you like in a dog, try and have them in both the father mm-hmm. and the mother, and then your chance of getting that type of dog are much better rather than breeding a really loose eyed dog to a really strong eyed dog and trying hopefully to get something in the middle. Yeah. You might get one in the middle and the rest are yeah. all over the place. There's no consistency. Yeah. yeah. So what about when you reared those pups? You have a pup on the ground and everything like that. And you know, do you time up right away or do you pack them with you or you know? Um, how do you go about building that confidence for the first six months? Yeah, I've often been too busy to do as much of that as I should, yeah. and so I've quite a few, quite a few times farmed out a dog to mm. family with young kids. Oh yeah, just six months just to let them be a pup, and yeah. I'll supply yeah. the dog food, and you guys just play with them. Oh, yeah. that's good. Yeah. You find that's important to let them be a dog for. It is, yeah. yeah, yeah. Kids are good for dogs too. They are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, one dog I had, he was a she was a daughter of Tweed, Tweed and that Jill dog that. I had this, her name was Molly, and she was exceptional. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know, do you guys know Jill Brody? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well her sister, uh, Dawn I believe was her name, was at Kamloops and she um, managed a zoo or a game farm. And so it was kind of on a trade, I trained a dog for her and she raised this pup for me. And so she had a couple of bear cubs in her house. <laughs> and a little donkey, and so this no dog got raised with them, eh? So oh my god. That's pretty neat. In fact, I've got a picture of her laying in the living room with these two bear cubs. Eh? You'll yeah. have to send it to us. We should put it on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, we should. We, yeah. Picture. That is good. Yeah. Yeah, so that yeah. was pretty cool. Well, we are here at the heart of the horse today, and I hate to miss it. I yeah. think we got, a, got some awesome information from you there, Jack. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Not much of a talker, but. Oh. No, it was great. Appreciate it. Um, is there any way they can reach out to you if they want to book a clinic, email or something? Yeah, or just phone number is 306 460 9987. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on. And well, thanks for having me. Yeah. It was enjoyable.